0: Welcome back to another episode of Short and Sweet. I am Corey Cooker along with Heather Atwood. Once again, how are you, Heather? I'm good,
1: Corey. Nice to see you.
0: Another great conversation of celebrating food and drink in and around Cape. And today we have a very special guest from the Rockport Innkeepers Association and one of the authors of the Inns of Rockport Cookbook, Beth Ronker. How are you, Beth?
1: Hi, I'm great. Thanks, Thanks for, for having me. Thanks for joining us. So not only do we have Beth, but we have breakfast, Corey. This can we just amazing. point that out, how beautiful <laughs> this is? Gorgeous setup, yeah. Yeah, so we have three samples from three different inns of Rockport. Is that right, Beth?
0: Yes.
2: Yeah. I brought you a three-course breakfast, which you probably can get at most of the inns in Rockport. The first course is um, Toby's legendary melt-in-your-mouth scones from page 16. Mm-mm. And then we have poached pears in cardamom sauce from page 68 from the Sally Webster Inn. And uh, the main course is crustless Tomato Basil Quiche from the Seafarer Inn. Which is your inn? My inn. And that's on page 92.
0: And you sound like an author because you already have the pages in your head head from all the editing. right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) And the scones are from the Linden Tree, is that right? The Linden Tree. Right, right. So, Beth, let's start with your story. Tell us about yourself and how you came to be an innkeeper in Rockport. Uh, I actually grew
2: up in Rockport. Um, I went to Rockport High. And then I went to find my fortune, went to New York, went to California. Um, started Where was your fortune? <laughs> uh, it was supposed to be in acting, but it ended up in financial services. Wow. So um, met my husband. Uh, we got married, and we looked at a lot of inns. We always thought we want to have our own business. Uh, we looked at inns in Idaho. We looked at inns in California. We looked at inns uh, when we moved to Rockport. We actually put an offer on the Lantana house. Oh, and really? We never could make a deal, so we didn't get that one. Uh, so we just uh, pursued our careers. And after a while, well, literally one day we went for a walk. You were living in Rockport at this uh, we point. We were living in Rockport for about 17 years. We went for a walk and decided to walk around Marmion Way, and there was an open house. And I said to my husband, I've always wanted to see the inside of that house. Let's go in. So we went into the open house, and we looked around. It was interesting. I kind of go to open houses sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple weeks later, my husband walks up to me with a piece of paper. He goes, you know, I think we could do this. And I said, do what? To the inn. I think we could do this. And at the time, he, he was between jobs. So he was looking for a job or a situation or a business or something so that the timing was right. And we put an offer on the seafarer. And moved in in a couple months and sort of hit the ground running because the inns are always busy, and uh, it's
1: been six years.
0: Wow, good for you.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. That's and good. I have to say that is a really interesting husband who looks at an innkeeping opportunity and gets excited because it means getting up really early, having strangers in your house, baking breakfast—you know, making breakfast, making beds. So tell us about what the kind—it seems like there's a kind of personality for being an innkeeper.
2: Uh, His background was in retail. He was a district manager for a furniture store at the time. And um, retail—and, of course, when we were in college, we were all in food services. So we had the background to put those things together. He also has a a business degree, so he knew how to run a business, you know, in general, Hmm. any small business— so uh, he just saw it as an opportunity. Plus, the house is lovely, and we thought it would be a nice place to live. Right. Well, is there some sort
1: of a challenge? Well, I think there are particular challenges to being an, in- being an innkeeper. Do you want to talk about that just briefly before we get into the cookbook? Okay. The, well, like you said,
2: there's a certain per- personality type. And honestly, if you like people and you like to uh, put on parties... Every day breakfast is like putting on a, you know, a buffet, a party. And uh, that part is the fun part. And then, of course, you have to turn over the rooms. And, of course, you have to manage the business. And sometimes you're waiting for people. And so you – but it's like any job. Mm-hmm. Uh, any job you have, you have the part you love and the part that you have to do anyway. So we do them both. And uh, you just we just get to meet the most amazing people. We meet people from – uh, Europe and Asia and South Africa and South America and all over the world—it's—it's it's incredible. And Boston, and um, California, and the Midwest. Right. Give us a good
1: story. What's what's one of your good? Oh, I have stories? one.
2: Um, we had a family come in, and they took three rooms, including one on the first floor because mom was um, didn't do stairs anymore, so. They stayed for a few days, and one day they were looking at one of my paintings. I have a, I have, we all have collections of Rockport art in our houses. And they said, that looks like Uncle, what was it? I'm sorry. Uh, I don't remember his name. Pete Petri was his last name. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's my uncle's painting. And the mother goes, oh, yeah, it is. She had already noticed it. She just hadn't said anything. <laughs> and it was in our living room, and I told him I had inherited that painting. From my cousin who told me it was a Rockport artist. And I looked him up, and there were a lot of information about Pennsylvania um, for this artist, Petri. And nothing about Rockport. So I thought my cousin had been mistaken. And these people said, oh, no, he had a gallery for like 20 years. It just isn't on Google. So I didn't know. That's crazy. It was awesome. Yeah. So I was telling them about the the artist. I said, well, I also have a painting by... Uh, Terilak and I also have a painting by Ahern, and she's sitting, she's eating her breakfast, and she goes, Oh, I remember Marty. <laughs> and she <laughs> had grown up with those artists and run galleries with them, and no it was kidding. so cool.
1: That is wonderful. And it just came
2: out of chit chat.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. So she was actually there, sort of really reminiscing mm-hmm. in her own mind, and people were kind of almost unaware of it. Yeah. So that's wonderful. Until we asked. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Well, now, how does in a collaboration with other innkeepers, and how many other innkeepers are actually involved?
2: In the book, there are 14. Really? We have an association of 20 innkeepers, Mm. and we meet monthly, and we compare notes on our businesses, and we help each other out on businesses, we communicate on marketing, and we pool our money towards um, marketing. Uh, We market together. We market our inns um, as the inns of Rockport. Mm -hmm. We have a website. We have some other marketing where we use that name, and we also market Rockport itself as a destination so and
0: what was the genesis of a a shared cookbook
2: i it was my idea yeah um i want it thank you (laughs) i love it i'm I'm so excited i think it's brilliant um we i love cookbooks and i buy them and you know you collect them we collect them on uh road trips and vacations and i have some from south you know the south um, north carolina south carolina i have some from california i have some from i have a few from cape Ann. I have the Fisherman's Wives Cookbook, and I have Melissa's Cookbook, and I have uh, another, like, a taste of Cape Cod, things like that. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, you know, we could do that. Let's do it. I haven't seen one in a while. The Fisherman's Wives Cookbook is how how old, so it's time for a new one. So I went to the meeting. Like I said, we meet once a month, and I said, you know, who's in? And everybody wanted to do it. So we sort of pulled together a small group to work together for details, and we worked, um, we worked over the winter because over the winter we're, we have less to do right. with our time.
0: And so this is a collection of recipes that are what, favorites and featured at each of the inns and bed and, and bed and breakfasts. Right,
2: they're the uh, either the most requested or the favorites. Or some are not from the B and B. Like we have a, a recipe for Boston baked beans, and you're not going to see that in your bed and breakfast. But we have appetizers and dinners and salads and desserts along with five chapters of breakfast. Mm-hmm.
0: So I'm interested in the process because how does this group discern, okay, we should have about 30 or so breakfast items here and who's doing what? And
2: We just put out, we put out the call and all the innkeepers who uh, participated just emailed recipes to me. Uh-huh. And I, after I put together the first few drafts, we went back and we said, we're light on, you know, fruit. We need more fruit and we need more cereals. And um, people sort of thought
1: it through and came back with what they had. But there are quite a few entrees, which I think is yeah. really interesting because, as you say, it's bed and breakfast. And right. uh, So do any of the inns serve dinner? Yes, the Emerson does. Oh, right. That's true. Yeah. How about the Yankee Clipper? Do they still serve dinner?
2: I, I honestly don't know if their restaurant uh, serves the public. They do have a restaurant.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. And some of them look really interesting. Spicy Spanish potatoes. That's a vegetable. And I found the baked beans. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and of course, they're tested because of at course. least all the breakfasts are being prepared regularly, right?
2: I think all the breakfasts in the book are actually real breakfasts that we serve to our guests. Right.
1: Right. So, and tell us about the artwork because it's really a beautiful cookbook too. It and, is, and it Thank looks you. like there are local references to this book. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, we were very fortunate. We got had two of two of the artists of Rockport donated their piece for us to use on our book. And the cover is David Arsenal at the Art of David Ar- Arsenal in Dock Square. Yeah, great guy. And then inside, mm. do you have the inside? Um, there's a there's a painting by Laurie Kylanen. Who is at the end of Bearskin Neck? He does those colorful, yeah, very um,
0: bright,
2: sort of long pictures of landscapes and seascapes we'll a shot and of that animals. Because, yeah, and he's in there on the border. You just went past one. You,
1: is it this yes. this border? So here we can hold that up. And he's yeah, in there several up. times. Yeah,
2: and they donated those for us. So right. that we we could not be happier. We were so grateful. And then when we did our book launch. Uh, David Arsenal hosted the book launch at his gallery,
1: mm-hmm. um, which was a blast. Yeah, yeah, it's really nice energy for Rockport too to be having. Uh, first of all, a cookbook coming out mm-hmm. featuring local recipes, and then just this you know this coming together of innkeepers and artists. I think it's really wonderful.
2: It was, and it was it was really really fun to do, and it really was a true collaboration. Labor of love. Yeah, absolutely. So, did
1: you test recipes when you came together for meetings? At least. Were, were you serving each other any of the we treats? We always
2: do, actually. Our meetings always involve lunch. Mm-hmm. So, of course, um, an innkeeper is always house proud and kitchen proud, so
1: our lunches are usually really good. Do you rotate where you have yes. your meetings? Oh, nice. That would be fun to go to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one okay. of your lunches.
0: Well, are there any um, particular recipes that you were unaware of that sort of jump out in the book now? Uh, old family recipes or something quirky and different?
2: there are some, it really runs the gamut. We have a a very basic meatloaf in there, and then we have seared scallops with tarragon sauce in there, Mm -hmm. and then we have um, a, a very basic quiche, and then we have a frittata with wine and asparagus and three kinds of cheese. So it really runs the gamut. Um, one of the surprising ones was the Victorian Christmas pudding.
1: I saw that. So, I'm um, such a fan of Christmas pudding. I mean, you
2: don't expect to see that in a cookbook, and it's really awesome.
1: Uh-huh. So do you see the inns having sort of different approaches to food? Like, are you kind of... We do. We Some of us
2: are more um, uh, ho- home cooking, and then some of us are more upscale um Gourmet, we have some inns that serve table service, uh, where you sit and you are served a plate, and it's beautiful. And we have some inns that serve a buffet. Right. And some that do sort of a combination of both, where you have the, maybe your continental out as a buffet, and then the, the plate comes out after you're seated. Mm-hmm. So they're all different um, and all very
1: personal. And you mentioned one of the inns has cooking classes, actually, right?
2: That's right, the Sally Webster Inn, uh, Chef Alal offers cooking classes to her guests. Well,
1: that's that's kind of special, right? She, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, what do you do with the Seafarer Inn? I def- did we mention that you are the innkeepers of mm-hmm. the Seafarer Inn? Yeah, we said that right? Fifty yeah. Marmion Way, right? Fifty Marmion. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yes. Um, we do a buffet. We do a hot and cold buffet. We put out a continental breakfast that uh, with something sweet and toast and juice and also our Seafarer uh, yogurt parfait bar. So we put out yogurts and also toppings. So fruit and chocolate chips and walnuts and coconut and whatever we have for toppings that day. And then we put out a hot buffet with eggs and something else, pancakes, oatmeal, potatoes, something like that, and then bacon and sausage every day.
0: So can I I have to get back to the process of putting this together. Okay. At any point working with the other innkeepers, did it feel like there were literally too many cooks in the kitchen?
2: No, actually people were really, really respectful of the yeah?
0: process. That's cool. Yes.
2: We had a small committee of the um, the the Beech Tree Inn, the Linden Tree, Sally Webster, and us at the seafair. And the committee made the final decisions and honestly nobody questioned them. Mm-hmm. They people just uh, like I said, when I when we were light on certain kinds of recipes, the chapters were looking like three or four. We just put out the word, and everybody came in with, oh, I have one of those. I can help you with that. So it really was, it really went very smoothly.
0: Yeah, that's great. And so this could, in theory, just be volume one, right? It could be. Yeah.
2: We could add more inns. Uh, we have 20 inns in our membership, and some of them uh, were unable to contribute. Mm. So if they want to contribute over next winter, we can update the the book. It's easy. Uh, and then, you know, we can make changes at our new favorite recipes yeah. if we have them.
0: Well, we should also say, so this is available at Amazon, mm-hmm. obviously. Any other like local outlets here where people can go?
2: Absolutely. At all the inns that are participating, you can get them. And at retailers, we have them right now at Tux Candies and Gifts. Oh, nice. Also at Katie's Gifts on Bearskin Neck, at the Art Association in Rockport, mm. at the Art of David Arsenal Gallery. And plug-in tours. She does the tours of Cape Ann. She's, Kim Voltero. Yes. She's great. Yeah. She's got them also. And also at Seaview Farm. Oh, oh nice. yeah. The lanes Right at ah. the end of Marmion Way. Yeah,
0: that's 38 South Street, I think, is yep. Seaview Farm. Right. Yeah.
2: You need a
1: stand at the farmer's market.
2: We will likely have a stand at yeah. the farmer's market. I think it would do really well there. And we will likely be at Harvest Fest. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, right. There's a farmer's market in Rockport as well. Yeah. And we'll be there. And uh, we'll see where else we show up.
0: I think the Harvest Fest is, I think it's the best event of the year around here. I love that event. Yeah, we love it too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's wonderful. So, uh, well, wrapping things up a little bit, tell us about uh, being an innkeeper in the town of Rockport, because that's kind of special, right? And you're selling Rockport. Mm -hmm. And I'm guessing it's easy, but can you talk to us about that?
2: People love Rockport. It is the opposite of where they live. Um, people come from Ohio, and all they want to do is smell the ocean. It just is what they miss when they go home. Everyone loves their home. But the town of Rockport is quiet. It's beautiful. It, the, the vistas are amazing. Mm-hmm. The little downtown area is something that you just can't find very many places. True. So the best part about being an innkeeper is the people in your home are in a good mood. Because they're on vacation. Right. And they're so happy to be here.
1: It's so interesting because we had Melissa Abbott on the Mm -hmm. podcast also. And her grandmother ran the blacksmith house and a number of inns in Rockport. Mm -hmm. And Melissa, as a granddaughter, still seems to carry that torch of how special it was to be that kind of a business person in the town of Rockport. That is. I actually have her cookbook also. Um. It is.
2: Our house, the house that we have, the Seafair, used to be part of a, uh, the Straitsmith Inn, which had the Seaward Inn was part of it, and uh, a couple of the houses on Gaphead Road were part of it. So it was right. this giant resort, and our house was known as the Little Cottage. And, and that's, it's the only remaining part of, that, of this um, Straitsmith Inn, which is hundreds, you know, a hundred years old. Um, so that's kind of cool. There's yeah. a lot of a lot of history, and the other houses as well. A lot of history. Most of the houses in Rockport are, uh, you know, over a hundred years old. Mm-hmm. And Seven South Street's been an inn forever and ever and ever. And yeah. uh, the Sally Webster Inn is actually named after the woman who owned it, and it was not an inn for her. It was it became an inn, but it's named after her. And the Emerson and the Clipper, the old beautiful, beautiful. resorts. Yeah. So we have a lot.
1: No, it's really kind of amazing that this is a long history and some of it is still intact, Mm -hmm. you know, and being continued by you, the innkeepers of Rockport. Yeah, we love our town. Yeah.
0: It reminds me of, I I just did a story with Christina Wilcox, one of the owners of the Rockport Candle Company.
1: Oh, yeah, we love them too. Who was in Rockport when she
0: was really younger, went away for a while, then got drawn back to open a business again. And they were all about the olfactory and the sense, of, the sense of smell. And so their their candle scents are like saltwater taffy from Tucks, uh, and the certain beaches, Millbrook Meadow. And so oh, it's wow. it's cool to just hear the. It's essentially everyone. We're just parallel lives. Right. right. We're just living the same story where you start here, you end up back here, and it's different things. Recall your favorite childhood memories, or the what keeps bringing you back. Mm-hmm. And to actually, so for you to actually be back here now. And working and living and thriving in a place that you love, that must be pretty special.
2: It is. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful town, and it, we're so happy we were able to come back and settle in.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's a, really a unique town. I mean, there are lots of seaside towns, but there's something just, I keep saying it's the window boxes on Main Street. You know, the, the I pack- tell my guests, rock porters take their gardens seriously. Very.
2: And they're beautiful.
1: <laughs> right. But there, there's so much behind that. You know, they take the town seriously. they I have uh, I once knew this woman who had grown up in Rockport, like was born here. Her family owned the Johnson Quarry. I met her when she was ninety. And she felt like it was very important to have free parking at our beaches because the t- people come here to enjoy our town and our peaches. Beaches and this is we need to welcome them, and I thought, wow, that's so different. I would have thought people would think, you know, oh, go away, you're tourists. But she really felt strongly that this is a beautiful place and people need to come and enjoy it. I think as innkeepers,
2: we absolutely love sharing, sharing Rockport, and the, um, th- th- there's so much more to Rockport that you don't think about. You think about walking bare skin neck, but like you said, the beaches and the hiking and Dogtown and Uh, Halibut Point and Shailen Liu and the Art Association and the artists that paint in their galleries, you can go and watch them paint. And um, we actually have in the book uh, uh, fun facts, we call them, of things to do in Rockport, places to go in Rockport, the festivals that we have, Mm -hmm. the uh, Cape and Plain Air is in the book. And the Harvest Fest that we the talked Maker's about is in the book. The festival is great too, and Maybe, that was yeah. awesome. That mm-hmm. was the first year last awesome year, and then we have Motif Number One Days in there, and yeah. Illumination Night. So, along with the recipes, um, as I said before, we're also marketing Rockport, and we put in. I think there's over forty fun facts about things to see, places to go, and festivals to attend.
1: That's, That's really great, great. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's kind of a guide. Is this at mm-hmm. odds and
2: ends in the end? Is that where that no, is? No, no,
1: it's all through the book. Oh, okay, great. Um, on the bottom in italics, you'll find a couple. Oh yeah, yeah. Heather, the back beach American Legion bandstand, a legacy in Rockport.
0: Yes. I want a scone. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. We do. Me too. <laughs>
1: okay. It's time for breakfast. <laughs> yes. We need some breakfast, okay. so we can try these things out. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so. Please do. Uh,
0: so why don't we can start and then, I guess, Beth, you can sort of get into each of the recipes a bit or what you know about these food items? Can we start with these this? These food items? Yeah.
1: All mm-hmm. um, behind you there's some plates. Oh, yeah. That might actually
2: happen. Toby Shepard from the Linden Tree uh, is known for her scones. Mm-hmm. She serves scones every morning at her inn. Every morning. So she knows how to make them. And your bacon, seriously. she has two scone recipes in the in the book. One called Toby's Legendary Melt in Your Mouth Scones. And I think the other one is pumpkin spice scones.
1: Here we go.
2: And the poached pears was one of the recipes, like I said, we 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 didn't have very many fruit offerings. So I put out the word to the innkeepers asking for more fruit offerings, and uh Sauson came up from the Sally Webster. Came up with these poached pears in cardamom and cinnamon, and they're amazing. And the crustless quiche is from the Seafarer, and we make an egg dish every day, and every day it is gluten-free and vegetarian so that people can enjoy it no matter what their diet. Yeah, yeah. And I should mention, too, in the cookbook, we have marked all the gluten-free and vegan options. Toby recommends you, you serve the scone with the raspberry jam.
0: Oh, we're definitely going to be doing that. Yeah,
1: we definitely are. Yeah. So
0: Beth, what are the hopes for the book now? What is it? Just is it more exposure for the area? Is it to eventually lead to another book, or we're just kind of wait and see, and maybe you know it turns into something? Really, it's
2: all about marketing Rockport and marketing the inns. Mm -hmm. Each of the chapters features an inn, tells you about the inn, um, and when you want to visit Rockport, you're going to want to know which inn suits you better. As I said, some of them have plated. Table service and some of them are buffet. Right. And um, some of them are continental and some of them are gourmet. So, depending on what you like, some of them are downtown and some of them are oceanfront, but not close to downtown. So, if you want to walk downtown, you may not want to choose the one that's out of town. True. Um, so, by reading the inns, you can compare them and decide which one you really love yeah. the best.
0: Hey, do you have a vibe on how the season has started off for you? Do you feel like, are there, are there tourists in already? It...
2: There people are here. Yeah, uh, well We are full every weekend, and we're not full during the week because it's still school. Mm-hmm. Uh, the calendar's looking like it's filling up for July. Most of our July weekends are already full.
0: Is the Seafair open year-round?
2: Uh Almost. We close January, February, and March. Gotcha. Okay. And honestly, the main reason we close is we want our guests to be very, very happy to be here. And in January, February, and March, sometimes you can't count on the weather. and Sometimes it's (coughs) just not the perfect experience Mm -hmm. because it is icy.
0: Right, and you get a lot of um, return?
2: We get a lot of return guests. Our 4th of July guests are mostly returns. We have some people who come back every Thanksgiving to our house. We have a lot of people in August that return every year and want the same room. That's
1: wonderful. You know what's exciting,
0: Heather, is eventually we're going to be taking um, Short and Sweet on the road. We're going to be on location doing these podcasts. Oh, cool. So we'd love to visit sometime. We would
1: love to sit in oh, your dining room. Wouldn't that be room. fun? Yeah, yeah. yeah, wouldn't that be great? I would love it. And see oh. your view, because you have a beautiful view, right? We do. We're yeah. right on
2: Straitsmith Cove, oh. Yeah, which is nice. So you can see Straitsmith Island and
1: boats and beautiful rocks. So we talked a little bit before about... Uh, the longstanding history of guests coming to Rockport, and you can—you were saying you can even remember when people came for an entire summer, right? right.
2: As um, as a college of- student, I worked at the Yankee Clipper as a housekeeper, and um, people oh were there all summer. It's good. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell Toby. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: the people would come all. All summer, yeah. and they would have bref- breakfast, lunch, and dinner at the inn, and Mr. Weems would put them in his car and drive them downtown when they were ready to go downtown.
1: That's amazing. It was,
2: it was a different era, and I also worked at the Seaward Inn, which is two doors down from the house I'm in now, yeah. and I worked as a, a server there. And, again, you, you got to know, know people. We had sections, and we, they sat at the same table every day, and they had breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and uh, it was a different, a different type of inn. I, the bed and breakfasts now do not serve dinner. We just serve breakfast.
1: Right. And then cookies or cheese in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. But the economy was so different. I mean, it's just amazing that a family could afford to come, even for two weeks, and mm-hmm. stay in one of these inns. And, and that's a story I keep hearing being told, that entire families would come, as you say, even for the summer.
2: Even for the summer. Yeah. We don't see that many long stays as much as we used to. A lot of people just visit for the weekend or for three or four days. Right. But we have a few. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, so what else do you think has changed? Well, you, you've said, you've indicated that there are not as many inns and that. But I still think it's amazing that we have as many as we do. 20? 20 20 in
2: our organization. Yeah, Mm
1: -hmm. yeah. So any other changes that you've seen even in your six years as an innkeeper? Good for the better or for the worse, Well,
2: it gives me a chance to plug uh, Book Direct because one of the changes is Hotels.com and Expedia and um, Booking.com and those um, groups sort of taking Mm. over the Internet, so it's hard to find your little inn. Um, on the Internet, if yeah. you search for uh, the Lantana House, you will get, you know, three, you know, search answers, and none of them are the Lantana House. Right. They're down here. And it's not because of them. It's because these guys... have flooded um, the internet with money. And what happens is, of course, and we all are are, uh, signed up with these guys. Mm -hmm. And they bring us lots and lots of guests, Mm -hmm. which is wonderful. Yeah, But, of course, we pay them a commission. So uh, in the back of the book, you'll see a page that says Book Direct. And that's Shop Small, Shop Local. And if Mm -hmm. you want to keep your shopping local you will book with your small
0: business direct. That's a great that's a great mention there. too.
1: That's a really good tip. Yeah. And a lot of people can be
0: watching this on Facebook and we can just say the Ends of Rockport actually has uh, its own Facebook page too, right? For we the do. cookbook. Yeah. So people can look the there. The Inns too, of
2: Rockport actually. Facebook page and there's a, a link to the cookbook on Amazon on that page. Yeah.
0: What have you eaten so far, Heather?
1: I'm working on the scone. The I went to the sauce. scone first. It is delicious. <laughs> and I really do like it with the raspberry jam. Good. Yeah, because what I like about the scone is it's not too sweet. So you can sort of play with the raspberry jam and get your sugar in there or a little bit less. No, it's beautiful. So what do you think, Corey? This pear is great. Right?
0: Yeah. I'm easy, though, but that's <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> that's
2: Sally Webster.
1: <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, this is fun.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, learned a lot. Oh, good. And it's
1: great to have a new local book.
0: It really is, and it looks beautiful, and there's Mm -hmm. some heft to it. There's a lot in here. There's a lot going on, not just the local facts, but...
1: We have over 180 recipes. I
0: was going to say, yeah, it's hundreds in here.
1: And it really is. I love the fact that we interviewed Melissa Abbott about three weeks ago, Mm -hmm. talked about her cookbook, and she, you know, which is thick with... Inns of Rockport, from the history, grandmother. Like oh, and history. She has a lot of history. in her
0: It's amazing, yeah.
1: Right, but that we basically have a new version of that here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I wonderful. hope so. I, yeah. I
2: really was excited about the history. That was um, the Dan and Helene Duffy from the Beech Tree. That was their idea. They said, "Let's put some facts about Rockport in there." That's so great. we started collecting them, and there are millions of facts about Rockport. So we did as many as we could, you know, fit in there. Hannah Jumpers in there, and. Um, the Sea Fencibles is in there. And the fact that we had Minutemen from Rockport, yeah. that's in there.
1: What are the Sea Fencibles? I don't know that.
2: That is a, it's a name used to describe the the people who, I don't know if it was soldiers, uh, who watched the perimeter of town during, mm-hmm. I believe it was the War of 1812. It kind of over oh, the spot, I would have to read it. The cannon? In the, yep. that's at the end of Bearskin Neck. There's yeah. a place where they were lodged. There and we have go. information about the cannonball and the old sloop, yeah, uh, absolutely. all the good stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. How about that? I heard that there were Germans once walk, walking the streets of Rockport during World War II. Did you? I don't have that in there. Yeah, that was. I'm trying to document Maybe that fact. Version two. Really? Yeah, yeah. There, there was this story that people saw them walking, and that because they were parked from the U-boat outside about a U-boat off the shore. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to actually going to some of these inns and doing a podcast there. Won't that be fun? Yeah, uh, that atmosphere must be amazing to do that, so I'm really looking forward to it. And Beth, Ronka, thanks so much for spending some time with us this morning to talk to us about the Inns of Rockport Cookbook. You can get this online now or, as Beth mentioned earlier, a lot of places uh, locally, Tux, uh, The Art of David Arsenal.
2: The Art Association, Plug-in Tours, Seaview Farms, Katie's Gifts. And also on Amazon.
0: This is great. Congratulations, and it's a
2: good gift. Let's just like put that out there too.
0: That's a no-brainer, right?
2: Father's Day is coming up. Oh yeah, yeah, good point.
1: Exactly. Perfect.
0: Oh, and
2: graduation.
0: Graduation gift, absolutely. You
2: know when you graduate and you have your first kitchen and you go,
1: oh no, what am I going to do? I need to learn how to make these crustless quiches. That's right. (laughs) You know what I was
0: taking to college was a man, a can, and a plan. And it was just like, <laughs> it was a very simple book and like a can of this, like it was three ingredients can make, you can do anything in your microwave.
1: How to feed your college idiot. I'm I think my idiot. daughter took a woman a can and a plant. Oh, really? Yeah, for real? right? That's funny. No, no, I'm just teasing, but yeah. cause she should have. Yeah. I think <laughs> a woman ramen and end of
0: story. <laughs> Look for the gorgeous shot of motif number one, folks. It's the Inns of Rockport cookbook. And again, Beth Rocker from the Seafarer Inn. Thanks so much.
2: Thank you both very much. Thank
1: you. It was a pleasure.